Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead on the Kilmore. Crone draws clear now from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beats Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents, the Quaddy Potty. My name is Mitchell Cashmore, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Nick Highlands. How are you, mate? Yeah, mate, pretty good. Uh, good to be back after a week off, after travelling up to the Gold Coast. So um, we're back now, and yeah, pretty keen to get into this one. Yes, uh, before we get into this one, of course, uh, we're going to have to touch on last week's racing because it was very, very tough. Uh, especially for us personally. We got a few winners down in Melbourne, but uh, the first ever time we uh, went nude. We need to do a nudie run, Nick, because we first ever time we got zero winners on the Sydney track. Neither you or I could find a winner. What did you take out of last week's racing? Yeah, it was definitely tough. Um, I was actually up at the Gold Coast races, so I wasn't, wasn't really around um, watching too many other races, to be honest. We were just drinking beers and just enjoying our day and we weren't really paying too much attention. We watched some of the big ones, but um yeah, Sydney looks pretty hard to pick in the end, but um I guess that's just part of racing, isn't it? Definitely. It's uh really showing that, you know, autumn racing, spring racing, the two peak seasons, it just gets harder and harder to pick as all the uh the group one races start to return. Uh one of those big races, in fact, that we were discussing off the air earlier was um the Apollo Stakes. So very elegant, returned uh, over the 1,400 metres. Of course, that distance definitely doesn't suit after coming off the 3,200 Melbourne Cup. And Chris Waller himself said, don't expect very elegant to win. But uh, the money was certainly with her with the wet track. And even though she wasn't really set to win, it was more of a training one, you would definitely expected her to finish better than I think it was around 7th or 8th that she ran home. So what did you take out of that one? Uh, yeah, from the whole race, um, think it over, just absolutely proved itself to be an absolute um, potential horse to get into to some of the big races coming up. Um, but yeah, very elegant. You couldn't expect too much from her when um, when Waller pretty much came out and said it. You got to listen to him when he says it. He says it for a reason. Like he's not going to say that for no reason. That's all. That's my take on it. So um, look, it is what it is. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, going into the race, I would have probably said Think It Over is better suited to the distance and was better suited to the race itself compared to Very Elegant. But at this point in time, it's probably a bit rude to back against Very Elegant because every time you back against her, she just comes out and wins it. The only thing that Wallace said was going to let her win was if they set a fast tempo, which they did, but she still couldn't run over the top of them. Uh, Think It Over just proved absolutely far too good. And like you said, he's going to have to be one to watch throughout the autumn because he might now start to meet her at a lot of these um, bigger races such as, you know, the Chipping Norton, maybe even the Queen Elizabeth down the track. And that could potentially prove as a big roadblock for Very Elegant. So I'm very, very excited to see how that all folds out. Uh, Another big news coming out of the week, Probabil retired out of nowhere seemingly with an injury. So uh, that's quite sad. Any good Probabil memories that you could touch on? From Probabil, oh, it's it's hard, man. Like, um, so many good memories, and it's going to be hard to see see her done. Um, me and the boys had money on her in the last race. I think we had a couple hundred on her, to be honest. So, um, it was pretty good to see that last win. But yeah, sad to see such a good horse out of the books for now. Yeah, she's certainly going to produce plenty of 
expensive babies in the breeding barn. But uh, yeah, probably one of the reasons why our uh, colour scheme is the golden black because we just love her so much here at the Mock Sports. Uh, no horse loved running three wide, no cover more. And it was just a privilege to be able to see her run and see her win so many times and was able to provide plenty of green for us here. But um, uh, that enough chitter chatter, Nick. Let's head straight into the Rose Hill Rundown. No pausing for the ad this week. We're just going to get straight into it. So with the track report, um, I'm looking at probably it's going to be a good four or soft six, depending on how much rain we get in the next couple of days here. Plenty is forecast in Sydney, and we definitely did get a torrential downpour this afternoon, but I can't see it tipping into the heavy range. Even though Rose Hill doesn't have the best drainage, I reckon that the um, the the worst we'll get to start the day is a soft six, but we'll just have to monitor that throughout the rest of the coming days. Rail is going to be in the true position, which means on paper there shouldn't be any bias, but as we've seen in the last few Rose Hill meetings, the strategy has been to ride the rail all the way for an easy win, so make sure punters to monitor how it plays on the day because that could definitely be a massive factor. Race one, 1,400 metres. Straight into the tips, guys. Uh, the highway, always hard. So I'm going to have to just go with Golden Point, I reckon, has the best form coming into it for a highway. Last two starts was a close third to Testator Silence, who has come out and won its next start after that as well. And then the one before that was a close second to Zoo Station. That last start that was behind Testator Silence looked like he needed more ground, which he gets here. If he doesn't find himself too right too wide in the run, I reckon he can charge onto a solid placing if not win. So golden point at $9 to win and $3 to place is a perfect each way bet for me to start the day in the highway. Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to go with Shelby 66 here. Um, $13 to win $4 for a place. Pikey coming down to Sydney, um, really going to prove himself if he's just a genuine jockey or if he's just a, the level at Ascot is just so low. So um, interesting to watch this one. Um, pretty hard to bet on. The favourite paying $7.50 with Dan Zadell. But Shelby 66 looks pretty good for me. Um, wide barrier is the only thing that really concerns me, but um, not too much for me. So, yeah, I, I'll be on it at $13 for the win. Lovely. Heading to race two, the benchmark 94, 1,100-metre race. Um, the favourite is Rule of Law. Has had four on the trot here. Last win was a benchmark 88 and won by 0.4 of a length as a heavy favourite paying under $2. Um, Shadow Crush, about $4.40. Two wins, um, one at the 1,000 metres and one at the 1,100 metres. Uh, both on pretty pretty dry decks. One of them on a half dry kind of kind of day. A bit, bit moist, but not, not too bad. Um, Mr. Mosaic at $4 to win as well. Two on the trot. Really good horse there and one that um, has been tipped a couple of times on this podcast. But for me, it's got to be Shadow Crush for me. Um, Last win on the benchmark 94 just proves it can win at this this sort of level. The other two, Rule of Law and um, Mr. Mosaic, have only won at the benchmark 88. Haven't won, haven't really won recently at the benchmark 94. So I think Shadow Crush is a bit of a bit of a good one to get on here at four dollars forty. So that'll be mine for the second. Yeah, you've taken the words right out of my mouth. Um, you mentioned. Mr. Mosaic has been tipped before, and I'm usually the kind of guy that will get on this sort of horse, especially with the inside barrier. He could certainly take the front and go all the way. But as you said, Shadow Crush, two on the trot, has been absolutely phenomenal, especially his sectionals. Last two starts, he uh, has run the best sectionals of the day for the distance. To put that into context, 
His last start, he ran the final 600 metres in under 24 seconds, which is really quick punters. And uh, for comparison, on that same day, Paul Lell won the Eskimo Prince Stakes, the Group 2 race, with a 37-second final 600. So that just shows you how quick Shadow Crust was going there in the last section of that race. So as you said, $4.40, Nick. Great price to be having for a horse that can definitely win a hat-trick and make it through on the trot. So it's going to be Shadow Crust for me as well. Very nice. Race three, 1,500-metre midway. Military expert, the only one to roll forward here and set a relatively moderate pace. Um, I'm liking the guru, personally. One at the benchmark 72 level before stepping up to benchmark 78 and was absolutely no match for the talented Huerta after missing the jump as well, so that didn't help. After that, went to the Baker Cup where he looked like the winner but then was chased down right in the final stages. I think this drop in class back to the benchmark 72 midway and the drop in distance will help. And I think if he jumps clean, gets a clear run to the line, $18 to win and $4.80 to place is overs in my mind. So each way on the guru for me in the midway. Yeah, very nice. You only brought up one other horse that's a military expert. I think it's um, way too good for this kind of race. It's been pretty good in its career. Um, but yeah, it's got to be military expert for me at $3. It'll be a pretty nice multi filler for the day so that'll be me in the third into the fourth mate 1300 meters race four probably one of my favorite horses i'm not even going to speak about this race it's our intro music crone <laughs> there's a reasoning behind it back to that twenty dollar reason twenty dollar winner back to that in the group ones um, and yeah, it's probably one of my favorite horses to watch, to be honest. It's get, getting pretty old, so it's, it hasn't got much left in it, but, um, it's a genuine, genuine winner. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember and will forever remember, thanks to the, uh, our intro music when you tipped Crone in the Coolmore Classic, $20 to one this time last year. It was a great bet, great win for the boys. And it was, uh will forever be immortalized in our theme song. But unfortunately, I have to go against it as I, I knew you were going to be on it. But I'm not actually siding with it. Like you said, it's getting old now, has less in the tank. Would love to see it come out and run a big race. But I'm looking at a few others. If it does end up being dry on the day, I think Bellucci Babe is probably the one to beat as its uh, dry form is phenomenal. But if it is wet, which I am expecting it to be, um, expat goes on top for me. She's going to lead and will prove very hard to get past. Uh, Rock O'Clock is also a quality, quality horse. Second in the hot Danish and before that, second in the invitation behind Ice Bath. Could certainly see her challenging expat late and maybe even rolling over the top of her. Uh, with Rock O'Clock though, crucial to watch the parade and the market. If they're positive going in and she looks ready to run, I'd be having late money on her if the market comes in. But for now, the bet is going to have to be expat at the $3.90 mark with the play on the Rock O'Clock Camilla and... Uh, just for loyalty's sake, uh, trifecta with Rock O'Clock, Expat, and Corone. That'll be Cashy's bets in the fourth. Very nice. We move on to race five, 1,100 metres. Nasturdium, an eyewitness to set the pace from the front, and Zapateo to come from the back. Nasturdium seems to be a real good sort with dominant wins in all three starts, all at $1.50 or less, so the market seems to think this horse has a massive future ahead of it but this is a very tough task compared to those three previous runs. Minsk Moment comes out of the group territory and loves a first-up run. Tommy Berry should give him a great steer, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets up. However, 
I'm liking the looks of Zapateo to resume first up after a solid spring. Has form behind Zuzarella, who uh, long-time listeners of the podcast will know I'm quite the fan of. Uh, and also, I tipped her very first week of this podcast in um, the tip-off and was able to come fourth for me. Didn't snag me a point, but it was a big run in the group um, racing. So... I think if McAvoy can get her a clear chase of the line, I expect Zapatea to feature in the finish. $7 to win and $2.20 to place. Great each-way player to be having in the fifth. Nick, what are your thoughts? Very nice. Yeah, I'm going to go with a horse that you said wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if he gets up here. Minx Moment. I think I, I watched its win at Mooney Valley a couple of months ago. In, I think it was September last year or so. Um, and I added it straight to the black book because it just had a great twer- turn of foot, 1,200-meter runner, um, and just commented on it, future. So, minx moment for me. Um, first up here, could be an absolute gun horse, I reckon. I wouldn't black book it for no reason. So $7.50 for the win for me, minx moment. Lovely. Heading to race 60, 1,100-meter silver slipper. Pretty good race, this. It's going to be a big telling point coming into the golden slipper, to be honest. Um, I'm not too sure. I, know, I have a I have a couple of horses that I've been watching throughout the two year olds prep this season, and um, OJ's one that I've been sticking with, and I just think he's he's starting to look a bit better, getting fitter here and there. But um, fourth up here, I think is just going to be as good as it can be. Six Barry is going to help a lot. Timmy Clark on board, so yeah, seven dollars fifty for me. OJ for the win. Yes, lovely to see. Uh, as you said, big big telling point for the Golden Slipper. Uh, two-year-old race is always super unpredictable, but I'm going to have to stick with one that I'm real keen on, and that's Ebha. Even though Ebha came out first up and just didn't settle whatsoever, faded really, really hard, ended up finishing about 10 lengths off the finish, I'm just going to have to forgive it. It's come out and uh, had to trial. It was forced to trial because of how unsettled it was that first race. Forced to trial again, and it came out and it won that. And that was on the uh, the soft ground, and it had a another trial on the soft earlier in its career, and it won that as well. So I'm thinking maybe that there's something about the soft tracks. Maybe it does prefer that over the good, and maybe that is the key. And if it does indeed end up a soft track on the day, I think nine dollars to win and two dollars eighty is to worth is worth it to find out. And I also, as I mentioned, first week of the potty, I have this horse on for I think about fifty dollars to win the Golden Slipper. So if if it's the positive runs here, I'd love to see my ticket come in. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on such an unpredictable race. Ebhart for me in the Silver Slipper. Very nice. Move on to race seven, 1900 meter mark. Intent and Sky Skywood to go forward. Intent is an old favourite of ours. Nick, uh, we and especially you followed him very keenly in the spring. The trials have been great and he looks ready to fire first up. However, I'm leaning more towards the too much to bear side of things. Has had a great prep so far and will be peaking here at the fourth up mark. Is fitter than a lot of these as a lot of these horses will be resuming. So I don't. I think if he doesn't leave the run too late with that fitness edge, he can certainly run over the top of them in the straight. So five dollars fifty to win and two dollars ten to place with too much to bear is a good each way bet to have in the seventh, in my opinion. Yeah, very nice, mate. Yeah, and ten for me. $6.50 to win. Talks about it a lot on past podcasts. So, yeah, you can you can hear me talking about it all day. But, yeah, great horse and very, very underrated, I believe. So, yeah, for the Parramatta Cup, it'll be on time for me. In the race eight, probably one of the best races for the 
Rose Hill card, in my opinion. Animo's your favourite at $1.75. Can, can he prove himself after that third place that he was supposed to win? I'm not too sure. Converge, paying $6. Um, been racing pretty good as well. And then you've got Allegron, Halal, Ranchan. Just genuine good horses here. But I'm going to have to go with Silent Impact. The genuinely good horse. First, first, first up, and then second, second up. Can it go for a first, third up here? Doesn't mind the soft track. And pretty good in general. So, yeah, Silent Impact for me at $7 seems to be pretty overs to me, so I really like it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he certainly can get it done on the day if he brings his best because uh, his last couple of starts have been very impressive in my mind. But uh, like you said, Animo really needs to be winning this one Is if, if he is to be backing up after his boom spring. Bias was against him last start, and the distance probably wasn't to suit. However, now that he is back up and back to the three-year-old grey, this is really the perfect lead into the Randwick and Rose Hill Guineas races. So if Animo isn't running a positive race, I, I would think that there would be some very concerning signs and large drifts in the market for Animo when it comes to those futures races. But um, too short for me, I'm going to have to stick with Converge. Could have won the Eskimo Prince, in my opinion, against Paul Lell, but his fitness just gave out. It was his first run in... Just under a year, I think. So I reckon he'll be fitter now and ready to tackle 1,400. Plus, he should be the one that Animo needs to chase down in the straight. And at $6 to win and $1.70, I'll take him on for the win. Converge for me in the eighth. Move on to race nine, 1,400 metres. Bergen, Groundswell, Invinciano and Mananui to set a solid pace from the front in a very, very open race. Nicholas, I'm going to ask you a question here. What to do with Giannis? Was primed to have a big run first up off a gelding, but was just terrible once again. I think it came dead last. Coming to be the time where it's running for its life. If this run is as negative as the last start, a retirement could be around the corner. So I, I, I'm going to have to lean with Groundswell. I reckon it's going to be hard to charge down when fit. Uh, I think if he jumps clean and gets over from the wide draw... Could be, could prove just too hard to chase down. Uh, was far from disgracing Group One territory behind I'm Thunderstruck, as well as fairly decent behind Lighthouse last start. Seven dollars to win, two dollars forty-five each way on grounds well for me. But uh, yeah, Nick, like I said, very keen to hear your thoughts on Giannis. Yeah, I'll be going with Giannis here. Um, I'm going to give it a one-off here with Tommy Berry on board last start. Just doesn't know the horse and the way it runs. Um, Karen McAvoy. Just run this run with this horse a lot of times and has had some pretty good success with it. So yeah, I think the fourteen hundred meters back with Karen McAvoy should suit it a little better. Um I just don't think that it was really suited to the twelve hundred meters either. Uh the fourteen hundred to mile probably suits Giannis a bit better. Para five should help. So yeah, I think you're probably not wrong with your comments and saying that this is probably one race off from from a retirement. But um, to be honest, it's it's looking pretty nice to me. If it if it gets a good run, it can definitely definitely win, in my opinion. Yeah, I th I think also the uh the the drop in class does help Giannis there. The, uh, surely that's going to help it because it's been running around in group territory its whole career and just hasn't fired. And now the drop back to benchmark, surely, hopefully, for the connections, uh, is able to race a good run. Yeah, 100%. It tried really well as well. Like, came pretty close to Halal in a couple of trials and then came close to Ranchan and some of the other ones. So it's it's still running pretty well. It's just that first start, 
just probably just missed a jump. I'm not too sure. I can't really remember, to be honest. But, um, yeah, you, you forgive that run and see how it runs this one. But, yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed, that's for sure. But uh, take us to the last of the card, Nick. Yeah, 1,400-meter benchmark 78 here for the last. Pretty tough one again. Uh, not too sure what to go for here, but I'm going to go with old favorite War Eternal here. Hasn't had much luck this prep, but I'm hoping to give it a, a little bit more a little bit more jazz for this one. $9 to win and $2.90 for a place. Should be all right. Has one at the distance before. If it gets a bit wet in the heavy track, it's got some heavy heavy records. So, yeah, for me, it's going to be War Eternal. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, straight to the point. Favorite could be too good here to Jaren. Jumps up in class, but definitely seems to have some great potential to take Australia by storm after a solid debut campaign over in Europe. $3.10 seems to be a good bet for me in the last at Rose Hill. That concludes the Rose Hill rundown as we head down to Melbourne to tackle the group one of the day. The great tip-off. We uh, Neither of us, of course, grabbed any points last week, I believe as I'm Thunderstruck and Behemoth both failed to fire. So you're still sitting at one point in front of me, but I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. It's a massive showdown between Nature Strip and Home Affairs after J-Mac has jumped off and uh, Jamie Carr's back on the big strip. So what are your thoughts? It's an interesting move from the, from the camp. I, I'm not sure if there was an article about it or anything. I, I can't really remember. But yeah, if you, I can't believe anyone's even even doubting him at this point. He just keeps on proving it. He's probably, got, I reckon, he's got one more year left in him. Um, he'll probably win a couple more races and then he'll start to fade. And I think, to be honest, I'm not. I was pretty surprised that um the Waller camp just didn't retire him. But yeah, um from the last prep, he just looked it like he just found a new new kick and he was just absolutely found himself. So um it's got to be nature should begin here. I just don't see how anyone can get away from it. Um, yeah, that'd be nice trip for me. Yeah, um, world's best sprinter for a reason. Um, the article you mentioned, yes, we put an article up on our page about the uh, the whole home affairs situation. It's uh, most like I mean they they haven't come out and directly said it, but it's assumed throughout the industry that the whole reason that J Mac has jumped off and onto home affairs is because uh, Coolmore have paid him a massive amount of money to uh side with them here in and, and uh home affairs is now his horse going forward i believe an agreement was made between the two parties at least that's what the the rumors and the general belief is throughout the industry so that was a big shocker to see but um yeah might have cost him a group one because like you said nick it's going to have to take a mighty effort from any of these horses to tackle nature strip i reckon down the flemington straight one of the tracks that it just loves to perform at Sorry? I cannot believe you have just hopped on the train. Oh, well... You've gone against every single run in the last prep. To I, have, I, I, re, I really have. I've been siding with Eduardo every single time. But like you said, Nature Strip just proved me wrong time and time again last prep. It just seemed to find himself again. Because I was a massive Nature Strip doubter after... after Spring 2020, when it came out and was supposed to be, you know, it's time. And I don't think it won a single pre- um, race that prep. But that's what made me a massive doubter. And then, like you said, it came out and just it's become the world's best sprinter. We were there on Everest Day, came out to the yard late and just looked like an absolute monster. He strutted with confidence. He 
didn't look like he was here to mess around and came out and, of course, absolutely blitzed it in the end and only Mask Crusader was able to chase him down late and almost nab him. But I think the 1,000 metres and down the straight is going to be too harsh for Mask Crusader to be getting a win. Maybe comes into placing, so probably put him in your trifectas. Eduardo is probably the only one that could probably challenge it here, but Eduardo is probably going to have to find uh, an extra 20% in the tank that it might just not have first up. Uh, Gtra, the exact same. The Inferno, probably not going to match up with them. The Astrologist, massive favourite of mine, loves the Flemington straight, but is probably a Group 3, Group 2 horse running around with the Group 1s in this case. It's not a nature strip, but I could definitely see it winning some group races. This uh, prep, just not a Group 1. Profiteer, dead set, 1,000 metre horse, but I don't think the three-year-olds are going to be able to match up with the likes of nature strip, and that goes with Home Affairs. Home Affairs is a great horse. Has a massive future, but that future is going to have to start in a few preps' time. I wouldn't be surprised if it won, but it's going to have to have an almighty effort against Nature Strip, and that brings it down to Swats. That another favourite of mine loves the Flemington Straight again, is able to challenge Nature Strip. Uh, unlike a few of these, has run behind it many times, so I wouldn't be surprised if it comes in second or third. Swats that, so I'd be putting that in your trifectas, even though she's the highest priced horse. Uh, she just loves to run down Nature Strip and run behind its tail. Has yet to ever beaten it, but just loves to come second and third behind Nature Strip, so I wouldn't be surprised again. But, yeah, Nick, what can I say? I'm, I'm on the strip train. Wow. Took me a while, but yeah. you convinced me. Get on my back. Get on your back. You're going to take me to the absolute moon, and hopefully we both snag three points in the great tip-off. But uh, other than that... Have you got any bets around the grounds on Saturday, Nick? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, obviously, Nature Strip will be one of the big ones, I think, as well. But um, yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple. We've got a couple of black bookers. We've got Morfittville Race Eight Embolism. I think that horse will absolutely dominate. To be honest, um, probably one of my better ones. And then I've got one more in Flemington. I think it's Race Number Three. I'm pretty sure it is. Let me just have a look. Yeah, race number three, the favourite Yons just looks too good for me. Three on the trot, going to go for four, and yeah, just looks absolutely absolutely pretty good. So I think a, a good multi with Yons and um, $3 military favourite into Nature Strip should be a pretty good multi. Yeah, fair enough. We'll have to chuck it up on the page, find the best odds throughout the bookies. But um, yeah, Yons is another one for me around the grounds. It just seems to have a bright future. $2.70, great price to be having for a horse like that who is three on the trot and has yet to put a foot wrong. Uh, also, race six at Flemington, I'm going to have to take on Pascara, another black book on mine, a cult that I tipped. First episode of the potty in the Punts of the Future section to uh, win the Australian Guineas. So hopefully it comes out and absolutely blitzes this one at the uh, $6.50 to win and $2.35 to place each way mark. And I'm going to have to do an exotic play with the Quinella with another black book on mine in Forgot You, which was a horse that was on track to start in the Melbourne Cup before that uh, it failed to run a positive race in the uh, the Derby in the end. The, the whole prep had just busted him, but it's a very, very talented horse that could be in for a big, big autumn. So uh, that's all I've got around the grounds. Other than that, Nick, let's head on to the Quaddy. We are snagged it last week. Luckily, it was a... Big one to snag as well. A lot of value got up. Hope, unfortunately, we didn't get any single winners on the day, but luckily that quaddy brought us home with a little bit of a positive note. So. 
Hey guys, we just cut off there as we were going through our quaddy. So the quaddy numbers for Rose Hill will be Entente, Too Much to Bear, Mighty Bill and Great House in race seven. In race eight, we've got Animo, Converge, Silent Impact and Ranch Hand. In race nine, we've got Groundswell, Invinciano, New Arrangement and Giannis. And in race 10, Dijon, Fine Point, War Eternal and Tamerlane. 50% of that, as always, gets you 19.5%. And other than that, Legends, make sure to gamble responsibly this weekend and we will see you next week.